Well, it is good to be back uh, here. I was back for church last Sunday, but uh, we heard from Pastor Jason uh, last week. It's fantastic. And uh, if I hadn't had a chance to, to say it otherwise, I know I sent out a video update this week where I thanked uh, Paul Haas and uh, Diana Williams for speaking while I was gone uh, with the family on vacation, and I appreciate that. And I've heard such wonderful reports from folks about uh, what you offered in teaching those two Sundays. I really appreciate that. It is a great, a great thank you gift to give to your pastors when they can go and do things like uh, take a family vacation and not worry about what's going on with the church back home. Um, those, that has not always been true in my career as a pastor, uh, but it's been very much true so often at Christ Community, and this was no exception, and I'm thankful for that, and I thank those who were part of that, so I appreciate that. Not going to take a long time today because that's the theme of our summer, right? Super summer, one-hour Sundays, one hour or less. Um, I wrestled around with a couple of different passages of Scripture for today, uh, but um, I think some things that were in my mind as we were out on vacation, you know, we went to um, Universal Studios. Yeah, buddy. Um, in particular, we went for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes. Right? Okay. So, uh, but, you know, one thing that all of the theme parks have in common is uh, people everywhere. I was just talking with some folks this morning about that uh, who visited at uh, Disney World here not too long ago. Um, we didn't, that's the only theme park that we went to this time because we didn't want to stand in a bunch of lines and we just wanted to do other things. But I'm, I'm reminded as I look back over many, many years with the boys, with the family, uh, doing lots of different uh, trips like that, different places, um, sometimes uh, arriving in a location and, and kind of zipping through those lines. But most often, probably the experience that you've had, uh, if you've had a chance to go on, of standing for a long time in lines and just being crushed by this sea of people. And then uh, yesterday we went down to uh, the forest fair um, before the traffic got bad. We were smart. Uh, anybody get stuck? Anybody try to go and get stuck? Uh, when we were leaving, we were like, man, I'm so glad we came early because it was back up for a long way. And we had a lovely time. The weather was beautiful. Um, if you uh, have a chance, you can catch my Facebook page. Uh, you can go and you can watch the Girdwood Parade. It doesn't, it actually takes quite a long time, even though it's not very long. And uh, it's because if you watch the video, you will, you will be convinced that it's in slow motion. It is not. It is the slowest parade I've ever seen. It was remarkable. And I'm not saying that in a critical way. It was kind of cool. It was kind of neat. You know, it was weird because it was Girdwood, so there you go. Um, but we're there, and there's, as the day progresses, and again, as we're starting to leave, uh, there's crowds. More crowds, more people, more people passing by. Um, as we were leaving, we were sort of at the edges of uh, the little area that they have set aside there for the fair, and there was a, a couple coming in, and the guy said, man, look at all these people, and Karen just kind of laughed. She said, he's got no idea because he hadn't made it in yet, right? Because where we had just come from, it was kind of like uh, being at the state fair. Let's, you know, say it's 
the, the big weekend, Labor Day weekend, right? And let's say it's one of those years where we've got 75, 70 degree weather, the fair is bluebird sky, you've been there, it's just wall to wall, elbow to elbow people. And it's not comfortable, but it can be kind of fun for a while. But this other thing happened yesterday at the fair at Forest Fair that I've also seen happen other places. And it was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, the Forest Fair has a, a, a theme, sort of a, a guideline. Uh, no, no dogs, no, I can't remember what the second one is. Politics, there we go, thank you. No dogs, no politics, no religious orders, and no beer except in the beer garden, right? So you can't just wander around with your beer. And there's a group uh, every year that goes out there and, and is not happy about the no religious order uh, thing. Um, and they walk around, they've got their shirts on, they're handing out tracts. So they were very, they weren't confrontational people yesterday. I think I've seen in the past they've been pretty confrontational. Yesterday they were not. But so here's three or four of those folks with their t-shirts on and they're, they're handing out a tract that says, if you died today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? It's a great question. It's awesome. It's an important question, right? Uh, it's the eternal question. And around them are representatives of the forest fair uh, in their various costumes with um, buckets and drums banging on them and basically standing right next to them and shadowing them wherever they go. And they're both just sort of canceling each other out. And I've been other places. I remember, I don't remember what we were going to. I, in my memory, it seems like it was Kenny Rogers. I know, I, look. <laughs> Kids, ask your parents. Um, but this seems so incongruous because I don't know why anyone would be picketing Kenny Rogers uh, at the Sullivan Arena, but I'm pretty sure there were folks there um, with bullhorns screaming at people. <laughs> the good news, I, I can't put those two things. Screaming at people, the good news, I can't put those two things together in my head. Um, and kind of like what I witnessed yesterday, which was nobody really wanted to pay attention to that whole gospel thing that was trying to be handed out. Um, I saw lots of people around. I was wearing my Christ Community Church shirt, I, just because that's what I put on. I saw a bunch of other people out there with, I saw a guy with the put on the full armor of God shirt, and I saw other people with their church shirts on, you know, kind of having a good time. And I, I'm not offended by the idea that somebody can host an event and say, I don't want you to come and shove your religion at people here. I'm not offended by it. Because I'm not sure that shoving our religion or our beliefs at people is really very effective. Uh, we have a video that we show once in a while, and I chose not to show it today, that, that kind of goes through these different ways of sharing the gospel. And obviously the most direct way to do that is to say something to someone, to speak to someone. But there's this admonition in the book of James that has been going around in my head for so long as I've watched some things on my social media and I've thought about some things I've said to people and I've thought about things that I've done in the past and I feel convicted about it. And I think that the church is missing an opportunity to actually be light and salt and goodness in a world that is on 
fire with anger and bitterness and division. And we're missing the opportunity because if we're not careful, we are buying into and being the opposition and the division and the bitterness. Now, if I look at the stories of the New Testament, I look, I look at Jesus and his interaction with people, both religious people and with those that he called, that others called sinners. Um, I look at the disciples, the apostles in the, the book of Acts and their interactions, and I look at all the letters that were written by Paul and, and all of these other guys, Timothy and these people, and then uh, John's uh, big uh, uh, reveal in Revelation and the letters to the churches. And it's interesting to me, particularly in the New Testament, that the harshest words are directed at those of us who call ourselves believers but aren't acting like we are. And the greatest words of compassion are directed at those who are living in darkness and have not yet seen the light. What if we, and forget everybody else out there, I'm, I'm, when I say we, right now I'm talking about Christ Community Church. What if we, were known as people who really reached out and loved our neighbors both in word and deed? What if our social media, what if our uh, conversations in public, and I, I'm not saying you have to avoid topics. I'm saying think about the way you talk about topics. Think about the way that you address them. And I, look, I'm saying this to me. Uh, you can ask the guys uh, that have had coffee with me for the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, I can get excited about subjects. I can get excited about politics. I can get excited about religion. I mean, man, I can turn it up. Am I being effective with the world when I do that? I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm not. That's, I mean, that's where this comes from. I'm feeling like I'm not. So here's what James says. If you want to read chapter 3 of the book of James, the whole thing is, is heavy and convicting, I think. But I picked out just a few verses, starting in verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. That is a very exclusionary, direct statement made by the writer here. I want you to think about that. Do you think that's true? That no human being can tame the tongue. Even the, the kindest, most godly people I know. Certainly not me can fall into the pit, the temptation, the momentary thing where something careless flies off that tongue, right? Hurts someone, belittles someone, lies, whatever, you, whatever it is. No human being can tame the tongue. Listen to this. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And here's really where I'm going. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. 
I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be you. And uh, as I look through my Twitter feed each day and I follow, look, I follow people all over the, the political and moral spectrum, the religious spectrum. Just because I'm following somebody doesn't mean I think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's just I wanna, I'm interested in what they have to say. But sometimes I'm just like, are you kidding me? I can't believe you just wrote that. I can't believe you just put that out, that out there in public. And I mean from all, all across the spectrum of people that we have in our country today. I don't see anywhere where there's a group of people who are really espousing peace and kindness and love and compassion in a major way. And I'm thinking if there is any group in the country that should be doing that, it should be people who call themselves Christians. I'm not saying sugarcoat sin. I'm not saying don't point out that which is immoral or any of those kinds of things. I'm saying how do you do that and not curse people who are made in the likeness of God? It can be done. There's an old saying that uh, rattles around the church, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. It's a great idea. We're just really lousy at doing it. When we get around to pointing out the sin, we end up somehow condemning the sinner in the same breath. And that is not what we're called to do. We're called to be salt, we're called to be light, we're called to be goodness, we're called to be compassion. See, it's compassionate to tell someone that they're in danger of hell. It is compassionate to do that. I don't know if it's compassionate to stand in their face with a bullhorn and scream at them that they're sinners and they're going to hell. I don't know if it works. I mean, I can say this. God can use anything. I mean, in the Old Testament, he used a jackass. Like a, not like a dude who's a jackass, but an actual donkey jackass to speak truth to someone, right? So can God use a jackass with a bullhorn? You bet. <laughs> Is that his preferred method of communication? I'm thinking not. His preferred method of communication might be what he actually demonstrated in the Bible. Sitting, eating, talking, being friends with those who are sinners and showing them the love of God at every turn while encouraging them to walk away from their sin. There's this old song that I used to sing with a wonderful friend of mine, Gloria. Uh, her and Wayne were here with us at the church for a long time before they moved out of state. And uh, one of my friends reminded me of it on Facebook this week with one of his posts. And it was something I thought of while we were cruising through <laughs> Universal Studios and the these sea of people is going by me. And uh, I was going to play it, but I think I'm just going to sing it for you. Sorry about the Cottonwood voice, but uh, you'll get the idea. Every day they pass me by, I can see it in their eyes. Lonely people filled with care, headed who knows where. And on they go through private pain, living fear to fear. 
Laughter hides their silent cries that only Jesus hears. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize the people need the Lord? Because we are called to take his light to a world where wrong seems right. What could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost? Through his love, our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear the words of life that only we can share. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, he's the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize that people need the Lord? Amen. Amen. So if I would encourage you to do anything, encouraging myself to look at my interactions, my what I'm projecting towards people, what I'm saying towards people, the conversations that, that I'm engaging in, the discussions, the, the disagreements that I'm engaging in. Can I be a, a man? Can I be a Christian who in every word I say attempts to allow my tongue to be tamed by the Holy Spirit of God and to speak words of life? Can you... Because people need the Lord. And we, we must be sharing. Would you pray? Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, thank you for your word. A passage of scripture I've read probably a thousand times. And yet still it speaks to me in this moment today. I pray that it speaks to others as well. Thank you for the gift of music, the way that it can illuminate the things that we're thinking about and talking about. Lord, I pray that each one of us, as we go into our week, Lord, even this afternoon as we have the opportunity to engage the world around us, maybe even family and friends, Lord, who don't know you, who are still walking in darkness, have not yet seen that you are the light, that, Lord, uh, no matter what we may be passionate about, whatever we may think 
uh, about world events and things that are happening and political figures and personalities and decisions that need to be made in our communities. Lord, may every single thought and word that we have be inspired, filled with the breath of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that our, our greatest goal would not be to win a conversation, but our greatest goal would be to reveal Jesus Christ, his great love, his sacrifice for us, and the gift of his salvation to those who are lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.